Good morning, and thank you for joining me once again as we continue this devotional series uh, that we've called From Unbelief to Belief. Uh, hopefully it's a, a journey that you have found uh, uh, refreshing and useful and encouraging, and I hope that uh, you can share it with somebody. Uh, maybe that's uh, struggling uh, in their walk, or uh, maybe they've never become a Christian and they have questions, or uh, however you would choose to use these things. I hope you find them useful. If you have a Bible and it's handy, open uh, your Bible to the book of Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, we're going to uh, read uh, verses uh, 1 uh, through 3 today. So Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Yesterday we talked about the necessity of the new birth or, or what the new birth is. Jesus demand that you must be born again. Today uh, we'll come back and, and, and look at why is the new birth necessary? Uh, even why is it necessary that I be born again so I can believe? Or why is it I must be regenerated uh, so that I will believe? And so uh, in asking that question, I believe the answer is really quite clear uh, in uh, this passage and, and again uh, in many other passages to be found throughout the scriptures. Uh, but uh, this new birth precedes my exercise by step of faith and repentance that the new birth actually causes me to believe the gospel and be saved. So why do I say that? Well, let's look at this. Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verses 1 through 3. And you were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this air, this following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. So Paul describes the condition of the believer prior to their new birth. And so in writing to these Christians in Ephesus, he says that formerly <clears throat> you were dead. Dead in what realm? In the realm of trespass and sin. You were alive uh, to sin and Satan. You were alive to the realm of trespasses and sin. You were walking in the course of this world. You were not walking in obedience to Christ. You were not following Christ. You were following the prince of the power of the air. And that, that prince of the power of the air is the spirit that works in the sons of disobedience. We were doing exactly what we wanted to do. That is, we were yielding to the temptations of our flesh, carrying out these fleshly desires. And so we were dead in that we were dead in terms of our understanding of the kingdom of God. We could not see the kingdom of God. We did not desire the kingdom of God. Uh, we had no ability to desire, to lay claim on, to even believe savingly uh, the realities of the kingdom of God, uh, namely uh, as revealed in the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so this is remedied as we see in verse 4 of our text, by God. It says, but God being rich in mercy. In other words, while we were in this state of sin, while we were in this state of living in rebellion, while we were dead, God acted. And God acted 
personally upon us. He gave us life where there was death. He gave us sight where there was uh, no sight. He gave us ability where only there was inability. And he goes on to, Paul goes on to explain this if you'll follow on down in the text in verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that is not of your own doing. Even your exercise of faith wasn't something that came out of your fleshly nature. It was not something you could do, and it was not something you wanted to do. Uh, in fact, we can think of uh, spiritual death as the reality of us being unable to believe, but we're also unwilling to believe. Those things go together, and I could tease them and play with them just a little bit, but I'm just going to leave them at that. The unbeliever is unwilling to repent and believe, and they're unable to repent and believe. And those things go together to create the condition of spiritual death uh, or work together in the condition of spiritual death so that we persist in our unbelief. And so we're saved by God's grace, a grace that acts upon us when we're dead in trespasses and sin. God acts. He gives us life so that we believe. And that's why Paul can kind of double down on this. Faith is not of your own doing. It is a gift. And it's not a result of work. So in three different ways, he makes sure we understand that even our believing unto salvation is not a work that we do. It is a gift that we receive. And the, the gift is the gift of life, the gift of regeneration, the gift of new birth given to those who are dead in trespasses and sin. And so that is why we say that you must be born again. You must be born again to believe. You must have life imparted to you. you must have the heart of stone replaced with a heart of flesh. And that is done surely and singularly by God and God alone. So I pray that this is a blessing to your day and look forward to seeing you once again tomorrow.